0: Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. All right. So, Chris, uh, we had job releases today. Uh, We had the reoccurring weekly jobless claims, and those showed a continued elevated claims level. Uh, And we had the monthly jobs report that showed 4.8 million people went back to work in June. So, as you look through the details of the recent reports, are you noticing any shifts in the trends out there?
1: Yeah, no, it it was positive in the sense that we continue to see some level of improvement. Um, And although claims remain elevated, as we've talked about in in prior conversations, there can be a lot of reasons for that, whether it's just a backlog of processing claims, as well as any new initial layoffs that are occurring. Um, The encouraging thing is that people are going back to work. So we've hired back, it looks like, about a third of the individuals that were laid off. Um, The only concerning part is those that are going back to work are doing so from the temporary laid off bucket, not the the permanent laid off bucket. And unfortunately, what we're seeing is an acceleration in the number of job losses that are moving from temporary to permanent. As we talked about as we were going to season a little bit, um, and the longer the economy is under pressure, that, you know, there are going to be some more permanent uh, layoffs associated with just kind of subpar economic activity. So, that looks like it's starting to come through. So, you know, on a weekly basis, there seems to be some modest improvement, claims, you know, declining low kind of single digit digits on a, on a percentage basis, but there is this acceleration in permanent job losses. And, uh, you know, it looks to me like, what's really uh, allowing for the improvement or or some element of stasis in things getting getting worse is the fact that, you know, we have the the PPP program and it's allowed people to, quote, have more of a a temporary nature to to some of the job displacement.
0: So so you mentioned the PPP program, right, the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, And I think that's a a great way to lead into this next question where, you know, there are several stimulus programs that are set to expire. Uh, If I'm looking at credit card uh, credit cards auto loans forbearance those are going to expire in July Um, state and local budget cuts are going to start rolling through the economy Um, we've seen enhanced unemployment insurance that's expiring at the end of July Uh, we have student loan and mortgage forbearance they're expiring in, in September and October. Um, And then this week we saw the Congress extended the Paycheck Protection Program deadline um, an additional eight weeks. So, you know, do you think we can allow these programs to expire? And, you know, if so, if we do, you know, what additional or will additional fiscal and monetary support be necessary?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that we're going to have to continue to support the economic recovery. Uh, You know, while certainly the initial jobless claims are getting better and certainly people are starting to go back to work, but it's more now that we've kind of reopened the economy it's not as much what the rate of change of improvement is it's just the aggregate impact of the numbers that's important so while we're seeing the improvement in labor activity and in economic activity the truth is continuing claims are still three times larger than they ever were during the great financial crisis so there's still a lot of policy support that's needed and as you rightly note Um, that's what's making it a little bit difficult for investors to kind of judge the state of the economy because it is reliant upon these fiscal uh, measures. Now, we like to point to the Fed as providing liquidity, and that's what's boosting asset prices. But the simple fact is we, the market bottomed when it typically does, which is when things began to get less worse and started to slowly improve and that's all related to fiscal activity not as much you know central bank activity Um, I do think uh, we're going to see additional fiscal policy support Um, I think that's why the PPP program was extended very rapidly I'm hopeful that the presidential election and politics don't get involved and if they do I suspect markets will sell off and kind of force policymakers' hands uh, to do something. But I do I do think we're going to see uh, pretty extensive fiscal support going forward. There's some things that they're going to need to fix. Uh, I know there's a lot of concern that people are earning more money uh, on unemployment insurance than they were in their previous jobs. Now, I probably have a little differentiated view of that. I think that's okay. Uh, because at the same time, they also lost benefits. So kind of on a net basis, it's a wash. Um, And for those that are making a little bit more fine, it's an excuse for us to drive uh, labor costs a little bit higher to the benefit of workers. If they do kind of let the uh, kind of uh, premium elements of the unemployment insurance expire, that's going to be a fairly big negative for the economy. It works out such that personal income kind of plus government uh, subsidies resulted in a 10% increase in discretionary income in the first quarter um, and into the second quarter. If those enhanced benefits roll off, we're going to see that reverse, and now is not the time to have kind of a negative 10% decline in in real income.
0: By any chance, have you you seen in any of the data – um where that additional income is going has it gone to consumption or has it gone to savings or has it gone to to debt pay down have, have you seen where that's uh that's being directed
1: It's it's gone across the board what's interesting is if you break it out by household income levels the higher your income the more you saved or you paid down debt and the lower the income the more you consumed uh which is not unexpected that's what you would expect to see at this stage um so yeah no, it, it's definitely what has been uh, kind of the primary policy support for economic activity. If the money wouldn't have been pushed out via unemployment insurance in the PPP program, this economy would be in much, much worse shape, and I would argue wouldn't even have begun the process of a
0: recovery. Right. And and, and talking about a recovery, uh, the, 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 the COVID-19 virus is, is seeing quite the resurgence, uh, really seem to have bounced back and, and it's drowning out a lot of the other headlines that we're seeing here. And, you know, what's, what's gone, you know, almost unnoticed now was the new Hong Kong security law that went into effect and almost immediate arrests that occurred within Hong Kong. Uh, and so, you know, as the tensions between China and the U.S. continue to remain elevated, you know, is, is there anything out there on a, on a goal basis, goal macro basis that investors should continue to monitor?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on. While the virus is getting the headlines, um there are some some elements that investors need to pay attention to. And as it relates specifically to the virus, look the virus is gonna run its course, you know, we're not gonna stop it, um, and it's gonna play out. And you know, behavior's already adjusted for that, the economy's adjusted for that, the market reflects that. So that isn't what people should be focused on um and when you look at what's going on in china and hong kong i I think what's concerning there is it's not a surprise that the new security law went into effect and china has a heavy hand what is has been a little bit surprising to me is how quick um, the u.s congress has been to respond uh, to that security law and in the process and law likelihood passed uh, some pretty hefty measures that allows authorities to target members, not just of the Chinese Communist Party, but their banks as well, and now they start to remove that liquidity. And as we've always said, liquidity is really key um, to risk assets. So what I see kind of showing up now is uh, a real standoff and one in which uh, we can make liquidity a little bit tougher for the, for the Chinese Communist Party and, and their economy in general, And as that begins to play itself out, it really is going to have an impact on global trade. And global trade is the first step in global growth and global cash flow. So any pressure there is going to reverberate through the rest of the economy and the the rest of the market. So it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. the, the, The offset to that may be there's still a lot of stimulus overseas, primarily in Europe, that is going to hit uh, kind of the global markets and global trade that may, in fact, be incrementally beneficial. But we definitely need to keep our eye on what's going on with China uh, and the West. Great.
0: So uh, as as I turn back to the U.S., uh, you know, we've we've just wrapped up one of the very best quarters for the S&P in in nearly four decades. And we've got earnings season just around the corner here. Um, and, you know, as, as you monitor, you know, a lot of high-frequency data, you know, what what's that data telling you about the recovery? And then, you know, the, maybe the, the, the bigger portion of this is, you know, what are you going to focus on during these quarterly earnings?
1: Yeah, you know, the data, the, the high-frequency data, whether it's credit card data or hours work data or travel, restaurant bookings, things such as that, uh, continue to point towards a recovery, but the rate of recovery is starting to flatten out, which is consistent with, uh, kind of satisfying the initial pinup demand that existed, uh, getting to the point where we may, we're we going to start to replenishing some inventories. Uh, we're certainly going to see kind of continued high rates of improvement on the industrial side of the economy. That's just a, a natural phenomena of a manufacturing process and its related supply chains. Where we're going to see slower improvement, unfortunately, is on the services side of the economy, which makes, you know, this recession very unique in that it hit services um, as much, and in many cases more so than it did the manufacturing, and that's very unusual. So, it looks to us like the recovery continues. It's just going to start to moderate. Uh, As we go into this earnings season, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of information Uh, In in the data that's released, I expect companies to continue to not offer to provide guidance. We're still going to be talking about recovery off very low levels. That being said, I'm really going to focus on what's happening in the financial sector, uh, primarily with banks and and unregulated lenders. I want to look and see uh, what are the reserves that banks are going to take, uh, whether there's as high and as significant as they were in the first quarter, meaning uh, it looks like you know losses are gonna are gonna be worse than they initially expected, or are they gonna start to get better? Uh, we're gonna need need to start to see uh, what the delinquency rates look like for the various loans and, and different components of of debt. You know, a lot of elements are in forbearance, so there's still a lot of games that can be played with whether you're calling a loan uh, delinquent or not. that will start to clean itself up in the third quarter and certainly in the fourth quarter. But my primary focus is really going to be on lost reserves uh, across the financial sector.
0: Well, Chris, this is great. Thank you. And as as we we tie up uh, the first half of 2020, let's let's certainly hope the back half of 2020 looks a little more sunny than than what we just went through. And um, we're looking forward to having you up on here again. Sounds good, Dan. All right. Thanks, Chris. information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Paul Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.